0: You are listening to The Business Marketing Show, episode number 101. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com, on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher. Hello, this is Ed K. Smith from onlineimpact.com.au here with the co-host of the Business Marketing Show, Mr. Brendan Tully, back for 2019. Mr. Brendan, how are you? Good to see you, mate. Hi, Ed.
1: This is our first podcast
0: this year. This is our first podcast for 2019. We've been slack. We've been on holidays and uh, we're just getting, getting back into it. We had a good break and everyone, I'm sure, has missed us desperately. Well, definitely. Missed
1: no no questions. These-
0: Two handsome young men. Very young. Very, very young. Questionably young. Questionably young. Still in diapers. So did you have a good break? I know it's a bit weird in February still talking about Christmas breaks, but there's a lot of people who in in Australia have only just come back to work. School's just gone back. So it sort of feels like it it really is just the end of that Christmas, New Year break, which it technically really is.
1: Hmm. Well, yeah, I wish I had six weeks holidays. That would be nice.
0: So you did? Did you take any time off?
1: Well, I came to visit you, didn't I?
0: That's right. I knew yes. there was something that happened.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Yes. Met your lovely family, which I hadn't yes. met for the first time. Very, very awesome. And did uh, you? Did Annie have a lot, nice time meeting all the rallies again,
1: catching up? Yeah, she with just loves adventures. She's uh... Most people, loves adventures. So.
0: Yeah, she's gorgeous. She doesn't
1: care. She gets out meeting people. That's, that's all she cares about. It's
0: she's a little darling. Ones. Enjoy every second because soon she'll be 20.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Well, she's already one and a bit, so uh, that was a quick year. No matter
0: how, how much people say it goes fast, they're always under-exaggerating by a factor of 100. So anyway, enjoy yeah. So we're going to be talking today about getting review, reviews for your business. And that yeah. could be reviews on social media, could be reviews on, uh, on Google, various things to help improve and get some quick win traffic to your website. Uh, and this is something we've been getting asked a bit to talk about. So we thought, let's do an episode on reviews. Not sexy, but very, very profitable if you get it right.
1: Yeah. And re- I mean, reputation management, it's also called as well. I don't know. I, d- I saw, so we've been getting asked a lot about it and it is important, right? I um, mm. saw recently someone on a Facebook group asking where they can buy reviews from. I'm like, are you are crazy? Like, that's like, seems like one, it's risky. I mean, you can't get dodgy reviews. So let's just say that up front. Um, there are companies who will get you fake reviews. Yeah. Product pages and Google Maps listings, but it is risky, and people aren't stupid. Like consumers know that reviews are faked, or where they don't, where they seem fake, they probably are. Um, and it's really easy to get. If you, I mean, so long as the business isn't falling apart, it's pretty easy to to get a system in place um, to get reviews, and it is so important. Like it's important for both traffic and conversion. So, yeah
0: yeah and that's it it can say reviews can go both ways. it can be uh, a positive experience or it can be a detrimental one depending on what the reviewer is saying obviously <laughs> mm. so um, so let's start off with uh with Google because that's a yep. that's a big one that a lot of people I see and you see don't take advantage of
1: yeah well I mean reviews are everywhere, right so I'd say Google is probably the most, or well, Google Maps is probably the most applicable for all businesses. Yeah. Um, so I'd say Google Maps, Facebook business page, if you're an e-commerce product page reviews or reviews on product pages if you're an e-commerce business, and then you've probably got niche-specific ones depending what industry you're in. So TripAdvisor if you're in, Tourism or Hospitality is a big one. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. Google maps is probably the, the king, right? Like it's, it's probably the one that gets the most exposure because when someone searches your business name or Google maps listing it, it shows the review stars there. So should probably talk about the negative reviews first cause that's something everybody has a fear of. Yeah. Um, and it is going to happen. Like no matter what, there's always someone that you, you are going to, you know, inevitably if you're in business for any length of time, someone's going to be upset or not hundred percent happy at some point and you're going to get a less than 5 star review so we should probably talk about that first cuz I don't know about you but I have clients who get they get one negative review and it it does look really bad and it is quite an emotional thing for some people but I mm. think accepting that negative reviews do happen just like we've talked about before like with backups and stuff you know it's better to uh, accept that the shit is going to hit the fan sometimes or bad things are going to happen of and course. have a plan in place or a system in place to one detect when it does happen. So the damage you can act, um, before it does too much damage and, and two just, you know, accept that it is going to happen. So it's not really this like emotional punch in the stomach. If someone leaves you a bad review on the internet, which is going to happen at some point. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. So Uh, I'd say first step, you got to accept bad reviews are going to happen. Second step, you probably need a system in place to monitor your online reviews. I would say that's probably, uh, the second step there. And I think also once you have something in, in reporting or something in place that is telling you about the reviews on a regular basis, it's probably easier to get that momentum and motivation to do something about getting positive reviews.
0: Okay. Are are there any tools that you use that you would recommend people to try and monitor that sort of stuff? Or do you think it's a case of just having to do it internally on each platform? There's nothing that does it all for you? Well,
1: I'll tell you what we do for our agency clients. So we have two tools. So we have, we've used different tools throughout the years, but the last couple of years, we've been using a tool called agency analytics that does review Mm -hmm. reporting. Yep. Um, it will monitor those platforms for reviews. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as part of our monthly maintenance for clients, one of the steps in that, in that maintenance uh, process is to search the business name. So do some brand name searches and see what the search engine results look like. Because quite often, so one thing we come across fairly regularly is uh, it's not so bad now Google Maps anymore because it tends to well, it intermittently emails you about reviews. So you probably come across it at some point, but quite often you'll see some weird, obscure third party website. Someone has gone and put a negative review on. So it's got like a one star review showing yeah. in search results when someone searches the business name. So in Australia, productreview.com.au is a very typical one where I don't know why they seem to attract a lot of negative reviews. And then, um, also yellow pages is, is a fairly common one we see where
0: mm-hmm.
1: a negative reviews go on there. So, I guess at the base level, we're just googling, having a reminder to Google once a month your business name to see what yeah. the search results look like on both Google Maps and just the listings, and see one of those third-party sites. A lot of those sites get—I would say—they encourage negative reviews, but some of the business model is based on charging you to deal with the negative reviews or like charging you to remove negative reviews. So
0: yeah, what about using something like like Google Alerts as well, putting in stuff like that I don't think
1: Google Alerts works really well anymore I don't do you use it actively for anything not overly yeah it's I don't just... think it's very reliable we have we've got some review set up for some of our businesses and it doesn't seem to work that well um, yeah it kind of comes and goes you would
0: think uh, that's the phone you would think it would uh, based on that it's you know bringing in data from its own
1: review platform <laughs> so but, yeah, it's weird. It, it's not yeah. like it used to be. Like 10 years ago, Google Alerts was great. I think it's just not really a product that makes the money. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it gets a lot of love. So I don't think that works as a strategy because it's not, it's not reliable.
0: So what's the easiest way for people to get reviews? What would be a good process? As an example, uh, let's, let's work through a scenario. Say someone has yeah. an e-commerce store. They've sold a product. And they want to get someone to do a review on Google maps for them. What's the best well, thing for the do?
1: Well, okay, so let's let's talk to begin with, they need to do good work, right? Like you you need to be pumping out good stuff, good products, whatever it is. That helps. So you need to, yeah. That helps if you wanna get a good review. <laughs> someone, someone to give you a good review, right? So I'd say that's probably a prerequisite. And then I, I I mean, there's, there's two paths we go down with clients. So the first is you need some reviews, a handful. So some are better than none. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, so normally if we're taking on a new client that has no reviews, it's really important to get some. Um, Cause if you have zero reviews and you have one negative review, then you look really bad. But, At least if you have a handful, if you have five or ten and you get one one one-star review or whatever, one three-star review, it doesn't look so bad.
0: Because I think a lot of people realize, like, we're all used to looking at reviews on Amazon or or movie reviews. There's always going to be people that have a negative opinion about something. So, you know, but I I still sometimes find myself getting influenced by it a little bit. So they they do have an effect. So you've got to factor it in but I think ultimately if the overwhelming review ratio is, is good and small amount of negative, then most people will go, okay, that's just someone who had a yep. particular experience. And a lot
1: great. of the time you read reviews and then nonsense, like very commonly in e-commerce is like, Oh, the courier didn't deliver them and I had the, the product and then I had to go pick it up from the depot. I'm like, that's not really a negative review. That's just
0: no, no. And that, you know, yeah, that's just people trying to pick something or anything just because they like to complain. So there's always yeah. going to be those those people.
1: Yeah, so, but yeah, I mean that sucks. But yeah, I mean that's it's not really a review of the business or the product. But um, yeah, I think okay. So we need to get some manual reviews to start with, right? So yeah, you know, reach out to some good customers, whatever. Do whatever you need to manually to go and get those that initial momentum. And then the businesses that really win at the review game is where it's systemized. That it just happens on autopilot. No one ever has to think about it once the system is set up. Yep. It just works away. So generally with that, it's we're always trying to work it into workflow. So if it's a, you know, a typical uh, bricks and mortar business, it's, it, you know, if they're doing projects or whatever, it's just uh, we ideally build it in as part of the project. So at the end of the project, we ask for feedback. And having some sort of filter there, if the feedback sucks, then that needs to be dealt with as a piece of, I guess, management needs to deal with that. And if the feedback's great, then, you know, a second request to ask them to put a review online, Google maps, Facebook, wherever it's relevant, um, would be the way to go. So that, you know, that would be the system to automate it, I would say. So, yeah. Um,
0: and you need to have a Google account to do a Google
1: review, correct? Yeah, so that's the other thing, right? Like you need a Gmail account or a Google Map to submit yeah. a Google review.
0: So that so. could be that could be a little uh, hurdle uh, yep. for people. And the the majority of people that I speak to have some type of Google account. Uh, but if they don't, there's no real way around it, is there? You can't.
1: Yeah, it's uh it is a bit of a barrier to entry. It's good and bad, right? Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, like the review rate on Google Maps is certainly going to be a bit less than something that's probably a bit more popular like Facebook or even anonymous reviews on your website. So it really depends. Um, Like a B2C, a retail environment um, is probably easier to get a volume of reviews, whereas something like a professional services business that's doing projects is not pumping out thousands of projects a year. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be harder. Like 10 to 20 reviews would be a good amount of reviews. Whereas an e-commerce business that's shipping, you know, 20, 30, 100 orders a day, having hundreds of reviews is, is, is not unusual, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Cool.
1: So, um, okay. Yeah, I mean, in, in your, go back to your question there. So for e-commerce, typically, so the process that we use that works really well. Now I hate when I buy something from a website and it sends me this stupid template email asking for like it's really poorly written. Yeah, asking me for a review, and I'm like, yeah, why? I don't care. So, um, generally, our approach with our e-commerce clients is, so the order ships, and then ten to fourteen days after the order ships, we have an automated email that goes out asking the customer if the order actually arrived. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, generally, the subject of that email is, "Did your order arrive?" Okay. So, you know, that's the first step, making sure the order got there in one piece and that's a good idea. So that's our filter. And also if it hasn't arrived, you know, if you have uh, two-day shipping and 14 days later the order hasn't arrived, there's a you know customer service problem there that needs to be addressed. So using this methodology, we're ahead of that problem in the first place, right? So we're getting to them before they complain or put a negative review. So it gives us an opportunity to fix it. And it's just general good customer service. So asking. Did the order arrive? Okay. Um, what did you think? Do you have any feedback? Um, so that gives them a, an opportunity to have a voice. You know, you genuinely—it's the same. Like we've talked about before when we do email marketing. Let's try and tell. We drive this kind of point home that the best email marketing is written as if you were written, writing to your best friend. Like if I was writing you a, a personal email, oh, you know, I should read. Are you
0: saying you're my best Please friend? Yes. Oh, yeah. that was so nice. I'm touched. <laughs> oh, it's not my day? Sorry, continue. I'm getting all. I'm yeah, getting, I mean, all, getting all blushed.
1: All right, all right. Um, <laughs> no, right? No. Three. Afraid, uh, my friend. I, I, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you've written an email to your best friend,
1: like So i have written you like, an email, my BFF. <laughs> uh, so you ask for the feedback, and then uh, ask for the, the you know genuine. Uh, product review so you know, if, you know if you like the product we'd love you to leave a review on the website here's the link to the product page and most software can do that most e-commerce software can have links to whatever they ordered and then a second line there you know if we'd love if you could share your experience on our google maps page or a facebook page whatever most people understand reviews today that you know and you know that Google Maps pages are important. So if you have that line in there, um, you know, that generally works pretty well. So we kind of see like a five to one or 10 to one review rate for every 10 reviews that go on a product page, we'll get one Google Maps review. So we'll also see, we tend to find that uh, customers that are really stoked will put reviews on everything. So they'll put, if you ask them to put review on Google, Facebook and the product page, they'll do all three because they're yeah. really happy. And, yeah, yeah these experiences where you like you're treating them like you would a friend like that, that, that comes across really well. And you know, if you have some genuineness behind it, um, of course, the customer feels that right. So, and
0: we, um, we always ask also because we like to have as many of those types of reviews or testimonials or whatever you want to call them on, uh, on our website or the client's websites which we don't call testimonials. We call them success stories, which is very common for a lot of companies. I think it sounds more genuine um, than a testimonial because testimonials sort of seem a bit uh, forged or um, made up in some way. That's my experience in conversation with people. So I think asking at the same time for the reviews, if you can use them on your website would be a good idea for the success stories. Because that's always good when people are on the website making that buying decision, and they're looking at success stories. And there's you know dozens and dozens and dozens of people who have left good remarks. Then that's obviously a key place that people are going to potentially be handing over their money is on your website. So the reviews have just as much, if not more, impact on the website, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and some of these like it's going to differ from for each different business type, right? Of course, yeah a business that's doing projects um, and if they're big dollar projects if they're six or seven figure projects there's some budget in there There's you know some scope to actually do proper case studies and you know of even, yeah you know, professionally done we've clients who, who yeah. have professionally done videos and yeah. photos and everything else so mm. you know I mean you got to match the the level of the business e-commerce you know it's it's retail it's b2c it's You know, there isn't really any budget. If you a $100 widget, there's no real budget to do anything serious. But, you know, on that that B2B end, that's a different story.
0: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's often people expect to see video reviews, even on low-end stuff. It's really common or uh, in interviews. Um, So, yeah, video stuff with a high budget is definitely a good idea.
1: Yeah. Probably also just speaking about some of this stuff. You need to be careful as well. Some, uh, particularly in the medical space, in some cases asking for reviews is is illegal or against the rules or the guidelines or whatever. So
0: Yeah, legal as well. They have uh, law firms are restricted with what they can do.
1: Yeah. And um, so some of them are a grey area. So we have some dental clients where they have reviews on their maps listing, which they can't turn off, but those reviews can't be used on the website. So they can't use... It's some industries just have these weird rules where you just can't can't use reviews in your marketing, which is which is an interesting one.
0: So Yeah. So know your market or know your client's market if you're an agency. But if you're an individual business, just be aware of that. That's a good point. Yeah. So So things like uh Facebook. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, I mean I guess Facebook at some markets, it's it's really important, right? And a lot of these review stars or review ratings, they start to show in the search results in Google. They appear when you search the brand names. Um, mm-hmm. Some people spend all day on, on Facebook. So Facebook is the internet for them. So I think, again, the same as Google Maps, it's a similar process, right? Yeah. Um, and managing those reviews, the amount of, I think even Facebook is worse to a degree where people have these old Facebook pages that are years old and have a whole bunch of negative reviews you might have seen it where you go over the page and there's all these like and it's kind of weird because they're hidden in the sense like yeah clicking through to find them so um
0: yeah but it it is interesting what sticks and we've had some clients that have been really negatively affected by uh an ex-staff member that left really really bad reviews that, that then got into got sort of mainstream media attention oh, wow. and, then, and then next thing this company knew they had camera crews on their doorstep with microphones being shoved in their face and everything that was being made up was a totally made up lie by a disgruntled employee ex-employee who who was you know let go because they weren't doing their job properly And uh, she just decided to get back at them. And that's common. Like, that's a really common scenario. But it really, like that particular year, uh, probably affected them to the tune of half a million dollars in lost revenue. Uh, Because what was happening was a lot of the negative stuff was getting, in terms of search results, was getting pushed ahead of their normal search results. And this comes under what we mentioned before in terms of reputation management. Because reviews in a positive sense, that's great. You want to get them so people go, "Oh, yeah, that's really good. But the negative side, you've got to really keep an eye on that too. So, uh, I mean, I always ask people, do you check either your name or your business name on Google regularly just to keep an eye, not to, you know, boost your ego or anything, see how many people are talking about you, but just to see what actually people are saying about you. And to make sure that it's on a you know a positive side, because if you if you don't know the negative stuff is happening and you're not keeping your finger on the pulse, your business can be getting affected and you're not having an opportunity to fix it.
1: Yeah, it's pretty amazing, right? Like one, if it gets enough popularity, one single Facebook post can start appearing on Google, so it can be indexed and start to rank. We've seen that. That's why, as part of our maintenance, we search the brand names for clients just to make sure we've got our bases covered because that. And it doesn't show up anywhere in a marketing report, right? Like it, you don't it, no. you don't feel it for a, until that you know, month later, or you know where it really starts to kick in and starts showing in the in the real business numbers.
0: Yeah, it's cancerous in sort of that analogy. Yeah, uh, it's, but you, if you get it in time, you can do something about it. But
1: yeah, it's hard work do. doing it. Yeah, like we we and you see these nonsense reviews from time to time, like someone just. You you you'll see they posted a negative review on a client's Google Maps listing, and then you click on their profile and you see they have a fifty other one star reviews where they're just hammering businesses. So quite often with that, will and, and it's not genuine. Like they wouldn't,
0: they call no. a business.
1: And they wouldn't give them the price they wanted or something. It's like that's yeah yeah.
0: yeah. It's made up crap because what what people don't realize, or maybe some do, but that there are uh, businesses out there who employ teams of people to go and create negative reviews for their competition. So there's, they've got farms of people <laughs> out there just going on, setting up accounts with whoever, Google, Facebook, and then going and dumping all these negative reviews against their competitor. Uh, it's, it's very nasty, but it has a profound effect on, yeah. that's why they do it.
1: Yeah, so often uh, you can get those removed quite often. So we'll, yeah. where possible, we'll flag those reviews where they just don't look genuine, or they just leave a one star. Like, uh, some platforms let you leave a star rating with no comments, so mm. you know we'll flag those and um, we'll respond. So as part of our maintenance, we will reply to those reviews as well and ask for more information because you can, in most platforms, you can do it on Google Maps, you can do it yeah. on Facebook, you can reply to each individual review and. I think it's a good idea most of the time to thank people for reviews and to, you know, if they've left a bad review, ask them for more information. And especially if you can't, you, I mean, people will have seen it where people reply to, businesses reply to reviews and ask for more information. Hey, we can't see you in your database. You've never done business with us. Can you provide us more information? Can you email us? That sort of thing. Like,
0: Yeah, I think if you're very civil in your response, um, people see that. And often, uh, the others, people who are potential customers or past customers, will rally to your defense. Um, I've seen that a lot when I've read reviews. But yeah, but again, if you're not watching it and keeping your finger on the pulse and, and seeing what people are talking about, then you, you're going to miss it. And it yep. will all sort of fly under the radar till often it's, it's not too late, but the damage has been done. Then you've got to try and reverse yep. engineer it all. And people don't realize how much time that
1: takes. Yeah, there's a huge time component, right? Like, it seems like like to even get one or two new Google Maps reviews a month is a pretty decent, you know, amount of reviews. So, yep. to get quantity, like, if a competitor, competitor suddenly has, you know, you, you start paying attention to this and they have 50 or more 5-star reviews, it's going to take you a couple of years to get to that level um, for a lot of types of businesses. So.
0: Yeah, because a lot of people sort of they get a little bit numb to being asked to do reviews that's just the fact that we all it's you know i would probably in any given week get asked 10 times to do reviews for someone some business i've done stuff with or whatever and everyone's busy and sort of like oh god really so it's only going to be for a small percentage of businesses i think that you've really had a great experience that you be that you're really an advocate for. And I think that's the majority of people who leave positive reviews, you would certainly classify them as um, an, an advocate of your or an evangelist or a fanboy or a girl, whatever you want to say, uh, of, of that particular business, because they, they feel so great about what you've done, that they, they have to leave a review. It's, you know, and they're the ones you want, obviously, anyway, but you know, they're ha- much harder to find. So if you're only dealing with a small number of clients, as you said, in any given time period, then it's, it's harder. But I think, I think one of the mistakes that a lot of people make with reviews is they just leave it to chance mm. and expect that whoever they're doing business with will, will go and leave a review. Uh, there's, there's a great book by Jack Canfield called The Aladdin Factor, and it's all about asking. Um, if you ask, potentially you will get. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's a, there's a huge tip. Actually, ask your clients and customers.
1: Well, my old business partner it used is. to always say, "Don't ask, don't get." That
0: don't was... ask, don't get. That this is what yeah. I say all the time.
1: You're and then right. one of our staff members changed it once, and it was, "If you ask for it, you'll get it."
0: Yeah, and that's <laughs> always not. Actually. That's not really true. <laughs> I get where they're coming from, because if it was that simple. You know, uh, but if you don't ask, you definitely won't get.
1: I think I own that domain name. Don't ask, don't get actually it.
0: Do you? You've got some weird
1: domains. I know, mate. I'm a domain. You're
0: you're worse than me.
1: I've got some uh, serious domain mojo head.
0: (laughs) You have, yeah. Let's get that one on the All right. Now let's move on. what What about, I mean, there's also... Uh, like if you're a, a restaurant or something like that, you're going to be using some other platforms.
1: Uh, mm. so, TripAdvisor in Australia, I'd say, is probably the big one. In the in the US, Yelp is huge, but yeah, in it's really a, a nothing kind of site.
0: Yeah, it's not much. They do appear occasionally in the search results when you see Yelp, but I, yeah, I certainly don't think it's a a platform that has huge traction. But TripAdvisor yeah. definitely.
1: You need to be mindful, I think, of some of the, the Census Yellow Pages platforms because they mm-hmm. seem to, uh, if you get one one-star review on one of them, they'll copy their the review to all the other sites. And I think part of their pitch is, hey, we can do something about these reviews yeah. if you pay us some money. So they have like True Local and half a dozen other of these weird start local, true local, something else local sites that can all start appearing in the search results with uh, one-star reviews that don't look great.
0: But I, mean, I certainly pay attention to TripAdvisor. I think I've been using it now for probably 10, 11 years. And yep. it's one of the first places I go to, you know, I read a lot of the reviews so I get a good spread and I'll pay attention to any of the negative stuff and take it in in some way to go, oh, okay, that, and it may, it may only be a small detail that they're complaining about, but it may be something that you don't particularly like. So it does help to, to take, yep. Taken into account, but I think TripAdvisor is a fantastic example of a good place to to make sure if you're in the accommodation or services, uh, restaurants, etc. That's a good place for sure.
1: Yep. Yep. yeah, for sure. I'm the same. But I also, when I read those reviews, that you got to like be mindful of who's reviewing it. So um, you know, if, it, if it's a budget thing, you know, if I'm looking at a budget hotel, a bunch of backpackers are probably going to give that a five star review, whereas it might be a not necessarily a five star hotel.
0: Yeah, you do One. have to take everything with a pinch of salt, damn. Mm. <laughs> All right. So where else, what else can people do to uh, to get reviews? Is there, are there any little hidden gems of
1: I mean, you can incentivize can... them. I'm not a huge fan of getting clients paying for reviews. I know some yeah, you know, some services businesses will give away like vouchers and things if you, if you review them. Um, or they have competitions where you know, now some of these things are against the terms of service as well for these platforms and you can have all the reviews. If someone complains if there are some instances where they'll strip all the reviews out. So
0: yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't know about you, but incentivizing reviews is a bit of a funny one. I think like it's a, it's definitely a gray area um, both for the platforms and potentially legally as well. Um, I yeah. you need to be mindful of that. But th- I think with all this stuff, you really need, and especially like, uh, you know, when I see people asking if they, you know, for a service where they can pay for reviews, there is probably some legality around that, particularly in some industries around. Oh, definitely. You know, if you're misrepar- that you know, I, you probably have one foot in something that is illegal or, you know, whatever the governing body doesn't doesn't like if you're doing something dodgy. So.
0: And it only has to come out once that, you know, if someone discovers that you're paying for reviews, that that taints, taints all of the other reviews yep. um, in terms of the positive reviews. So yep. I, I think you need to get them organically. That's been my experience. I've never solicited in, or other, so when I say solicited, I do ask people if they will give reviews and I get clients to ask if they can give reviews as long as it's within their legal boundaries of what they're doing. Uh, but certainly never offered to pay or give any sort of remuneration or anything for a review. Yep. No.
1: Yeah. I, I think it shows up like it, it appears somewhere like it, it's, it it, might work, but it's risky and there's no, it's easier just to build an organic system in. Like it's not a hard thing to do to build that into your process. It's like anything else in a business process. It's just, you got to just treat it as a project, give it, You know, whatever it takes, five hours to rejig the process, retrain staff, whatever. And, um, you know, then you're set. And then you get reviews on autopilot. You never have to think about it again.
0: Shortcuts never work, do they? That's the thing. People are always looking for a (laughs) shortcut. Yeah, true. Sometimes they do. But, yeah, yeah, I I think, you know, building a strong foundation, part of that is having good reviews. And you can't avoid it in this day and age. And I can't see them ever going away in my lifetime. I think that's always gonna be part of the, the fabric of the internet now.
1: So. Yeah, reviews are one of those funny things, right? Like email marketing, they're easy not to do, but they're they're free in effect. And they're, they're so powerful from both the traffic and perspective. So like if something yeah. has a lot of review stars on it, wherever it's appearing on Google Maps or, or in the search results, people are gonna to tend to click on it. So it'll get a high click-through rate. So it's good for traffic. And it's good for conversion as well. So. You know, the more reviews you have, the better, really. You know, if all things being equal, if someone's looking at you or or a competitor and you have 100 reviews and they have zero, then you're most likely going to win. So um, it's it's really like one of those things like email marketing that it's it's free or near free that is super powerful. But for whatever reason, people are always looking for these, you know, hacks that are like so fanciful that, you know, they may or may not work. They're looking for gaps in the system where something like this is just sitting there. But it is actually quite a bit of work to, to change a business process and educate your staff. So I think that's where the, the barrier to entry comes in. But True. for the clients that we have that do it properly, like they seek great results. They just, those reviews just come in consistently and they never have to think about it. They get the report that shows them the reviews for the month and everybody's happy. And occasionally they get a bad review that you know they have to do something about, but that's, that's part of doing business, right?
0: It is the 80 20 principle applies to reviews, doesn't it? Like it does to everything else. of the people are getting 80% of the reviews. So the rest aren't even bothering, you know, and they're just getting pushed down to non-existence and it's going to be harder and harder. So I think really at your own peril as a business, if you don't start going after the reviews, it's going to be very, very difficult to play catch up with the ones that have been doing it for years. The
1: time factor makes it like a really good moat around the business. So, you know, there is absolutely yeah. a time and compounding factor. Mm. Uh, more reviews attracts more customers, which then, you know, you get if you systemize it, you get more reviews. So yeah um, here's a question for you. Does the have you ever had a client who uses Trustpilot or one of those review services? Have you seen those?
0: Oh, I know Trustpilot, but I haven't ever had it mentioned to me. Uh not to yeah. say that a client hasn't used it. Yeah. So what's the story with Trustpilot that you've had?
1: Experience? Well, basically you pay for, you know, they set you up with a profile and it's similar to Yelp and some of these other paid services where you pay them and you can, they give you some tools to go and get reviews. Um, yeah. But if you're not paying them and you get a negative review there, I think part of their business model is they rank in the search results for your brand name terms. And if you get negative reviews on there, you can't do anything about it until you pay them some money. So I think that's... yeah. That broadly how it works. Like I have some clients that in the e-commerce space that have hundreds of Trustpilot reviews and I just, I don't really understand why they've they've kind of been sold by a salesman.
0: Well, they they have. And the thing is, you see that on a lot of the e-commerce sites, the the Trustpilot logo with the star rating underneath it or whatever they've got on there, um, along with, you know, half a dozen other similar type services. Uh, security is often one that you see, yeah. you know, you could probably name a few others, but trust pilot is one that I see quite a lot, particularly on e-commerce sites. I'm not sure how much you would see it on, yeah, I suppose you see it on service-based businesses as well, but I see it all the time on, on e-commerce stores. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, trust pilots doing obviously a good job in, in selling it to people convincing them that they need to have it uh, because people, if they don't see the trust pilot, thing on the website, they're not going to trust you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't Uh, don't know about that. I guess they sell it as like their genuine reviews and all this. "Eh." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Customers aren't stupid. One thing we always try and get clients to do is own their reviews. So one thing we do with e-commerce clients is they have all these product pages, say they have 50 products and then the reviews go on those product pages. So one thing we try and get them to do is collate them into one, so they have those product pages. That's great. But then we also have a main reviews or testimonials page where um, we'll have like a monthly job to go and copy and paste those into that page. They have one really big, big, long page with hundreds and hundreds of reviews on it. So that also works really well. And, you yeah. know, with that Trustpilot kind of stuff, we if they have done that, we'll try and do the same. It'll be like, well, let's go and grab those reviews. Let's copy and paste them. So we own them because really Trustpilot owns that content and they're charging you for it. Um, which is mm. you know, a bit crazy, but you know that's, that's their business model, and they're obviously selling it. But you know, having them on your website in a central place where they stand out and they're in the menu system—that um, can be another kind of powerful technique. Yeah, good idea. Either it's just being organised and and doing it as part of your know, monthly process or monthly maintenance.
0: Awesome. Uh, and what about places like Amazon for reviews?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're selling on Amazon, then that makes yeah. sense, right? Similar yeah. sort of process, asking for, for reviews.
0: Yeah, no different. Um, I, I don't do anything on Amazon. It's not my area of specialty. So uh, I'm not sure whether that would be something there's a specific process for. Have you dealt
1: Yeah, we, that? we use the same process on our Amazon listings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a small Amazon business that we use the same thing. Ask them if it arrived okay, and quite often, Uh, Well, not quite often, but you know, a few times a year we'll have people where the the shipment has gone missing. So, yeah, um, you know, we can get we can chase it up or do whatever. It Mm -hmm. usually appears, and sometimes it's it's damaged or whatever. But we use the exact same process there as we would on uh, on e-commerce website.
0: Yeah, eBay is an interesting one because I buy a lot of things from eBay and have done for years, and there's sort of like a two-way rating system. So you rate the buyer because you're always seeing a percentage rating against the particular eBay store. But then you as a purchaser also get rated by the, uh, the, the store, which is interesting. It's a two-way street because they're asking you to leave a, a review that like, you, anytime you buy something, you're always getting. And it's always coming up in, the, in your messages in your eBay when you log in. So, uh, so there's potential, if you don't leave a decent review and you know, you've got to, you got to be genuine, but yeah, it's interesting that the actual buyer
1: is, yeah, I don't think the buyer can get a negative review though. I think they're going to get neutral. Okay. Is it neutral? So okay. Neutral or positive. Whereas the seller can get a negative review.
0: Here's me thinking oh, I was just such a fantastic buyer.
1: <laughs> Maybe you are.
0: I am. I am a very good buyer because I always leave reviews uh, and feedback, and um, yeah, that's my, my humble opinion. <laughs> so on that note, uh, anything else to finish up before we sure.
1: finish so up? Should give a recap? So yeah, what? So monitor your uh, the brand results and the search results in Google for your brand and business name. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, How have often? some software. How often do you think? I'd say once a month is probably enough. Once it a depends month. how much, you know, how big the business is. If you have a marketing team, you probably should do it once a week.
0: Once a week, yeah, um, exactly. If you've got the, the capacity to deal with that for sure. Yeah. So and again,
1: it should be, you know, we for our clients, we use Process Street, which triggers a whole bunch of maintenance in our system and all this sort of stuff. So there's a checklist process we run through for it. Uh, have some software. So some software that's, um, reporting on this stuff and then a lot of the software can alert you if you get negative reviews
0: and what software uh, would you recommend we put this in the show notes uh, as well
1: yeah I mean we use agency analytics it's it's okay for that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um, there's lots of different tools out there like um, yeah we've used grade grade dot us or grade us in the mm-hmm. past it's it's kind of pricey for what it is though it's like a hundred bucks us a month which is just too much I think for that sort of software mm-hmm. Um. So you know, ideally, some software, especially like I mean, it's a marketing tool, right? Um, and then uh, systemize the process of of asking for reviews on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, I think that's a key As
1: part of whatever you're doing in fulfillment, basically.
0: And ask don't get. Yeah, that's it.
1: The yeah. Aladdin, what was it? The Aladdin principle.
0: The Aladdin that's factor. The Aladdin factor by Jack Canfield, one of the authors of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Uh, great book. It's really probably one of my favorite books that I've read and has put me in good stead for uh, it's not that complicated it does become quite a re- revelation to some people when they go "Oh, wow I actually ask what a shock all right well that's awesome I think it's very useful because uh, it is certainly something that we get asked about mm. uh, so we've we've simplified it to a degree, but it really, when you think about it, it's not really that complicated. Yeah, uh, you've just got to put and say it's more more about the systematizing to, that it, it's done in an automated process rather than you just going, oh gee, I think I should get some reviews this yeah. month or this year. Yeah, cool. All, All right. right, Mr. B, thank you for your time. As usual, the the first. uh, so this is episode 101 can you believe it the first episode of 2019 and it happens to be episode 101 so uh, thank you for listening to this episode we appreciate your time and we'll catch you on the next one thanks for listening and watching bye for now You've been listening to The Business Marketing Show. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher.